Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Chatter Matters podcast. I'm really excited today to welcome Shoshana Shields, who is an accomplished uh, senior in-house lawyer, um, and she's the current director of legal for Google Australia and New Zealand. Um, before we get started, Shoshana, would you like to uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about your professional background? Yeah, hi, and thank you. So uh, about me a bit, I um, I started in private practice in commercial litigation and was a commercial litigation lawyer for about eight years before moving in-house. And then I've slowly moved sort of into in-house tech roles as I've kind of gradually increased my in-house presence Um that's probably a little bit about me. I've worked for Virgin Mobile, eBay, PayPal, and Google. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and I think the, the first question in the Chatter Matters podcast always is why law? So at what point did you realize that law was for you and a career in law was something that you wanted to pursue? I feel like even though from a young age, I was always one of those people that didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. In hindsight, I probably always did know I wanted to be a lawyer. And when I look at it, I think I naturally was always very curious and inquisitive. I naturally kind of followed what was going on with legal issues. I was quite argumentative, my parents would say. Um, And also like would pull together arguments that people would be like, well, we can't argue against that. So I was logical. But also I think upon reflection, I remember when I was a school student, when school would finish at 3 p.m., I would get on a bus and race to the courts in the city so I could watch the end, the last hour of court time in the criminal courts. And I would just go and do that by myself. And I never had thought about that before, you know, I thought about this question. But, yeah, I would sit and I'd love watching murder trials or love watching any trial that was on in court. And then I would go home. So I obviously knew from a young age, but I had not crystallized that this is what I was going to do at that point. Wow, that's that's very inspiring that you uh, took the time to go watch trials. I think that's very that's very sincere and very dedicated of you to do, especially at that at that point in your life. Um, no, that's that's fantastic, and I think it's it's important that we sort of acknowledge why we're interested in law because it's such a it's such a broad field that you know we all have our different stories of why we are interested. So um, that's that's really cool to hear. Um, if I can now fast forward your journey to your law school experience, so obviously getting into law school and you know going through law school is a very big milestone for a lot of people, um, and we all learn different things throughout it. So, what was your law school experience like, and what are some things you really enjoyed about law school? I had a really good time at law school and I think partly because that was in the days of the old Sydney University law school building. It had like an institutional feel to it and also we were quite a small group of people so it was you kind of did all your classes together. It was very cosy and you became very good friends with your entire year group. So I do have fond memories of law school obviously a lot of reading and a lot of hard work and lots of complexity behind it but yeah my my days are filled with remembering kind of how close-knit we were actually as a group of students going through that together absolutely and did you did you um go through that sort of traditional pathway of you know doing the mooting competition and taking part in all of the sort of extracurricular law society things or um was your experience more about like just you know focusing on the sort of academic side of it um and and then learning on the job I would say mine was focused on the social side of things (laughs) so I you know there were a lot of social activities (laughs) I don't remember the academic side or the mood competitions I do remember them obviously but not Uh that much but I remember definitely being very social so I'm not sure if that's helpful but yeah I, I definitely remember it being fun 
yeah. um, and hard work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I do obviously remember those other things on the periphery, but they're not my standout memories. <laughs> no, that's that's really good to hear. I think as someone who went through law school during COVID, my unfortunately my fondest memories are the academic side of it uh, more than the social. But no, that's uh, that's really good to hear. Um, one thing that always intrigues me about law school is just the shift in mindset that you have to adapt to when you get in. It's not like college or you know other pro- other undergrad programs. Um, how did you adapt to that in terms of your own experience? Like, did you notice that there was a change in how you had to learn the law, how you had to read cases and like the analytical perspective that you had to bring into to law? Um, how did you cope with that? And what was your experience like with that? I enjoyed that because I feel like naturally I am analytical. So it, it kind of worked for me. But I would say the amount of reading and the amount of work to be good at that analysis was obviously much bigger and more than I expected. So I do always think, oh, there's just so much to do. You could never get on top of all of that. It was like a constant pile that you could never get to the end of. Um, So, yeah, I think we don't appreciate as lawyers in our type of degree and what we're studying that we really do absorb a lot of information and we have to read a lot it's not like other areas where I think in physics you need you can understand the equation and then apply it in other ways. You really do need to learn a lot. I mean, you do apply what you're learning, but yeah, yeah. I think it's unique for lawyers that they read a lot. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's not just reading. It's also reading really dense stuff. Like you don't just read it in one go and, you know, yeah, boom, it makes sense. For some people it does. For me, it didn't. I had to read it, you know, cases a few times for them to sort of register. But uh, yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, now, once you once you sort of graduated from law school, um, did you always envisage your own career um, leading up to an in-house role or how, how was your um, mindset at graduation? Did you want to do private practice? Did you want to do public law or criminal law? Um, and as sort of the end goal, was that always to be where you are right now as an in-house lawyer? Yeah, no, I don't think I actually did ever think I would be an in-house lawyer. It wasn't in my contemplation. And actually, everything I've done is kind of been very much in the present, not forward looking every decision I've made probably. And so I got a job actually while I was still studying as a subpoena clerk at one of the law firms. And I would go while I was a student and photocopy subpoena documents. That's what you did in those days. If you, you know, that was how people accessed the documents that had been produced to court by subpoena. They had Lots of people like me, students, sitting by these photo in photocopier rooms, spending our days photocopying documents and then taking them back to the law firm and handing them out to the solicitors so they could read these photocopy documents. So that was really the beginning for me as a, you know, a clerk working in an insurance litigation section. But I do remember very firmly, like the very first day I started doing that, that one of the senior litigation partners said to me, and I hadn't even turned my mind to this, he said to me, you you should only ever work in litigation. Like, what's the point of being a lawyer? And by the way, I don't prescribe to this, but this is what he said. At the time, it made sense. What's the point of being a lawyer if you can't stand up in court and get to argue? And obviously, as you know, I had been to court as a student. So obviously, that all clicked for me. I was like, yeah, I want to do litigation. And that was probably like when I realized I'm going to do litigation. So yeah, I I proceeded in that way and obviously graduated and was no longer a subpoena clerk at that point. I actually got to be a proper law graduate. So, and I stayed in the litigation team and continued to stay as a litigation graduate and lawyer for 
some years, really up to eight years, I think I was doing that before I moved. Um, and then I had children <laughs> and it no longer seemed viable that I could work till like two in the morning and wake up really early and do these big trials. You know, it, it became a lot less attractive to me. Um, so after I had my first baby, I came back and did a secondment at Virgin Mobile as an in-house lawyer. And at the time, they really only had a sole in-house counsel role that I was seconding for because I think I was doing a maternity leave cover myself. And it was so much fun. And it was such a different vibe to, I was reaching that point in my career where, yeah, you had to decide how you were going to do business development and how you were going to make it to partner. And, you know, I, that weren't the things that were driving me. What was driving me was doing the work and I suddenly saw a different side of things. And, you know, in those days, Virgin Mobile, like, would play music all day long in the, you know, on the floors. It had the customer support team on the level above us. So you could go and take phone calls from customers who had disputes and ask them what was wrong. You know, you could sit there and spend your day doing things like that. It was just a totally different environment to anything I'd ever been in. And what struck me actually was the cohesiveness of it. Everyone had one goal, which was to make that company great. And it was so different to working in a private practice where lawyers had different goals and worked in different departments and were competitive for work. It was no competitiveness. It just had an amazing feeling about it. And, you know, they were very collegiate. And I've never really looked back from then. Wow. I think there's a few there's a few great lessons that I want to take take away from that just for the listeners. I think the first one you mentioned is you live in the present and you make decisions for the present and not so much thinking long-term, which I think is a great point because I think a lot of the junior lawyers, myself included, sadly, are always looking at the, you know, the future plan 10 years from now, five years from now, and we forget to appreciate the present and, you know, where we are at right now, even to celebrate the small things like graduating from law school, which I did not get to do because I was thinking about what's my next job going to be like. So, um, yeah, great point to, you know, make decisions, thinking about it from the present and from the perspective of the present. Um, I think the second point that I liked was um, you went into litigation and you kind of got that quote unquote suits experience where you were in court, standing up, you know, arguing in front of a judge, doing trials and so forth. Um, and obviously, I'm sure you learned some great lessons during that experience as well. And the key for you, I suppose, was that ability to um, do something more than just the litigation bit. And so the, the stuff you mentioned about, you know, BD and like partner track and so forth, um, that wasn't necessarily the driving factor for you. But it was more about just being able to immerse yourself in the work and, and be able to do different kinds of work, which a law firm alone wasn't allowing you to do. And so I think that's a great point as well, because if people want to become business advisors and lawyers, uh, maybe in-house is the kind of route for them because you will get a chance to do other things, I'm I'm assuming. Um, Now, that sort of is a great segue into my next question, which is what advice do you have? Because obviously when you became an in-house lawyer, as you mentioned yourself, you were quite, you had reached a point where you were, you know, senior enough in your your career that you wanted to make that jump to the in-house field. So what advice would you give to law students who might just be graduating or who have, uh, who are thinking about in-house as a possible career path? You know, it's probably not the best answer if you want an answer about how to go in there, but I firmly believe those years I did in private practice were the best things I could have done and and I personally think that it's the best thing any graduate lawyer should do and in fact even when I'm making hiring decisions that does weigh into my decision if they've had that foundation. So I do think having a foundation in private practice is critical and that's because you have the resourcing and the support and 
the legal um, know-how, like everyone there is interested in that legal element of what you're doing. Whereas when you're in-house, that's not the case. The company's looking at achieving an objective. The legal element is just a very small part of that. And so I think from my point of view, I really, really, I know that lawyers probably want to try and skip that step, but I, I just, in my mind, don't know that there's an advantage to skipping that step. I think it's a really, really useful way to just learn the ropes and you do really hard things. And yes, I stood up in court and got, you know, annihilated by judges every so often for not arguing things the way they wanted me to, or, you know, it's not always easy and, you know, partners can be pretty tough, um, but you learn and you learn quickly and you get exposed to things and you do have a support network. Um, so I do think, and you know, the other great thing, which most people don't appreciate probably until they're in-house, is when you are a lawyer in private practice, you are a revenue earner. You're treated very well. When you're a lawyer in-house, you're an expense. So it's a much tougher gig. So I, I think there are pros to working in private practice first. Um, but I do understand that it, people, it's not for everyone and it may not be the path they want to choose. I just think it can lay some great foundations. Absolutely. So would it be fair to say that, you know, the sort of black letter law that you learn while working at a law firm, doesn't matter what department is quite crucial to your, you know, own career development, but also in terms of skills you gain while you um, while you get that experience, which will then obviously be transferable to an in-house position. Um, that sort of, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say 100%, but I also think law firms are changing as well, and they're becoming less black letter law, they're becoming more aware and understanding of their clients, they are moving with the times as well. But yes, Absolutely. I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. And that's sort of, um, I think you neatly answered my next question as well, which are what are some of the key attributes of a good in-house lawyer? But I, I'm assuming that that's going to be, you know, the sort of foundational skills that you've developed. Um, is there anything else you think makes a good in-house lawyer aside from that really good grasp of, you know, the fundamental legal knowledge uh, that you build as a junior? Yeah, I think the fundamental legal knowledge obviously is critical, but actually what you need to develop also as an in-house lawyer is a real understanding of the business that you're working in and how it operates and what the strategic levers are for it. I think it makes you do a much, much better job and gives you perspective on how you give that advice. So I think you also need to understand things like risk appetite and a whole range of things which you can flex to. And I just think if you've had the grounding in private practice, you can adapt yourself better to doing that. Absolutely. But it is an adjustment, I would say. Definitely, definitely. And um, so now in your case, obviously, you'd worked at many sort of uh, big global companies. Did you know that you wanted to do uh, tech in-house or did that sort of just happen by serendipity? Um, how, how did that sort of go? Yeah, that was also by serendipity. So I... I had reached the time where I was having my second child and I had still been, I'd been doing this virgin mobile secondment. And so I took another 12 months off. I took 12 months for each of my three children. And at the end of that 12 months, I had a real decision to make, which was whether to go back to my existing role in private practice, because of the secondment had been obviously replaced, or to look for other roles. And I really just, um, decided to cold call a couple of big brands because I'd had such fun at Virgin Mobile and it was like such a vibe. I was thinking this must be what it's like to work for a fun brand. So I thought, what are the fun brands? So I cold called 
I think it was Coca-Cola. I think it was eBay. And I can't even remember. I think I wrote to Virgin Mobile to see if they still needed someone, but they had had that person come back. So I, and eBay contacted me actually and said, we don't have a role at eBay, but we have one at PayPal. And this was when PayPal was kind of just an inception of a concept. And I went in for the interview. And again, it had a very startup-y fun vibe to it. And, you know, I remember in the interview, I was sitting in a glass room and people would walk past and tap on the windows and wave. It was the oddest experience. It was so not conservative. And straight away, I was like, yeah, this is the place. And I got the job and started working there. And it was honestly the most fun you could imagine. And you know, I had never done financial services law. And they had said to me in the interview, have you ever done financial services law? And I said, no. Um, and they were like, that's okay. This is more like a startup. I was like, great. Um, and so I very quickly learned financial services law, but it was just so fun and it was small and it was a real culture and a vibe. And, you know, I think from there, it just kind of continued that I, um, well, at the time eBay owned PayPal at that point then, eBay needed, after a couple of years, eBay needed a lawyer and asked me to come across and it just evolved. And then, you know, the next step to me after eBay really did seem like Google was the next obvious choice. So that's probably how it evolved. Oh, wow. That's that's very, that's very really cool to hear, actually, how you went from eBay all the way to Google. Um, I think they're, they're all great companies with different, you know, different um, objectives and so forth. So um, I'm sure you learned a lot and gained some really valuable experience through that journey. Um, one, one sort of final question I want to ask you, which is, well, actually two, sorry. Uh, one of those is that, um, you know, as, as we see an increase in emer like emerging technology uh, now, uh, particularly, you know, things like Web3 and like, you know, all of those uh, really cool, fancy topics. Um, what do you, how do you see the role of a lawyer change? Because obviously those technologies are not just being implemented within law firms internally, but clients are coming to law firms asking for advice on how to incorporate those. So with that, um, what do you think the role of a lawyer is going to look like or how do you think it's going to change? I don't actually think it necessarily will change a great deal. I think lawyers are constantly adapting and becoming dynamic. I mean, every day we get questions at Google that there's no real law to answer um, and we have to try and work out where it fits within the law. So I, I do think it's an extension of that. I do think obviously there are increasing questions about artificial intelligence and ethics and where's the divide between ethics and law. And I think that area will definitely grow. So my answer to that is that it will be an expansion probably of the skill set as opposed to necessarily a change. But I do think that adaption is happening already. And I just think, yeah, this will become maybe a bigger area of people's interest or law. Um, but it's definitely, you know, elements of this probably has always existed where the law is perhaps, you know, chasing technology. No, definitely. I think the I think what you mentioned earlier about the foundational stuff still being relevant will always be there. It's just adapting to, you know, and incorporating technology into it, I think. Um, and then one sort of final uh, question for you is you alluded to this earlier in terms of, you know, thinking about the present, but what advice generally would you have for law students and people considering the law as they, uh, you know, at different stages in their career? What would you what would you tell them? I do think it's important to be passionate about it and to understand why you're doing it. I mean, there's so many different areas of law and there's so many different things you can do with the law. And I think that 
there are a lot of lawyers who end up not using their law degree and they do something else. And that's just as you know, there are a lot of careers that love to hire lawyers that aren't legally related. And, you know, that does suit a lot of people because the legal training gives you a very logical mindset. It gives you an ability to to really absorb a lot of material and know how to analyze and process it in a way that is advantageous to many other areas. So I think for people who want to focus on being a lawyer and do those things, try and like find the passion or the objective behind it and try and enjoy it because I've always enjoyed what I've done. And I do find it interesting and fun and satisfying. And if there comes a day where I don't, I don't know if I would keep doing it, but I, I do think it's important to love what you do because I think it just makes it more enjoyable. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great lesson. No matter what your reason is, have a reason to to like law and you don't have to necessarily go into practice, but at least know what your motivations are behind uh, doing a law degree. Um, and with that, I want to thank you so much, Ashana, for taking the time today and, and sharing your insights. I think it was a very, very good discussion. Um, and to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode.